0: and welcome back to Hot Off The Press. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano, and I am here with the always fabulous Mariah of Mariah Creates. In this episode, we are going to talk all about die cutting and the different ways we can create unique paper shapes with different types of machines.
1: Yes, I love this. And I feel like, you know, we've talked a lot about die cutting in like other episodes, and we've kind of like touched on it. So it's going to be fun to kind of dive into like die cutting specifically and get down to the nitty gritty, if you will. Absolutely. So I think we should start with the basics
0: of like, what is die cutting? So in general, die cutting is the fabrication process that uses specialized machines and tools to convert a stock material into something else by cutting, forming, and shearing. So in printing, die cuts are used to create custom shapes for flat cards or folded cards, boxes, labels, and more. And it's traditionally done with a tool known as a die, thus die cutting.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) in case that doesn't seem obvious, yeah.
0: Yes, but of course there are modern ways to achieve die cutting without individual stamps. We're going to talk about those too, but let's just start with like the OG basic
1: dies. So a die is kind of a broad term. Um, in different industries, dies look and they function differently as well. So for the sake of our discussion, we're going to just talk about like when we say die, we're referring to a steel rule die specifically, um, which is the common choice for industrial and craft paper, you know, printers and and and, and purveyors. Um, steel rule dies are made from pre-hardened and pre-sharpened steel rule. So like think a long, flat, skinny piece of metal with a sharp edge and a dull edge. Um, it's fitted into a pre-cut dye base. So general size, a couple inches larger than whatever your final shape is going to be. Uh, and that helps keep its form. So the bases are usually made of wood, but they can also be made of like a solid core composite or alumina, al- <laughs> aluminum, uh, aluminum and mild steel, depending on the needs of the dye and the material that you're going to be cutting. Um, for printers like us, if you order a die, it's most likely going to come on a wood base. Yeah, I, I don't think I have – I think I have like one or two that has like an acrylic base. Don't know the reasoning. But anyway, so yeah, most yeah. of them come on a wood base.
0: Yeah, and I've noticed that a lot of the crafters ones that you could buy at like Michael's or similar craft shops, those are like all metal. Like they're yeah. like thinner <clears throat> plates and yeah, they're just like little metal plates. But other than that, I agree like all of mine have been on wood.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think, like, what you're talking about are, like, the ones that are literally just, like, the outline, and they're not on a base already, right? Is that what you're talking about?
0: No, I'm talking about the ones that look like they're on, like, a little metal plate, and then the die is just ever so slightly raised in them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I've seen – I think, like, the Sizzix is what you're thinking yeah. of. And, like – yeah, and I think, like, I think they do, like, the big shot. So I go to this supply store here in Minnesota that is amazing, and they have a ton of dyes – but they're like for scrapbookers. So they're very specific shapes. They're very like whatever, but um, they're like a thin, I'll have to put a picture in the Instagram post or something to explain this, but they're very like, they're very small and flat. Like they fit in like a little clear, like a clear bag. They're not even Mm -hmm. like on a base of any kind. So I think you just stick them to like your base or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of interesting. So I've never tried those because they're very like, First, they're very, like, fragile because I think they're (laughs) aluminum. Why do I keep, like, wanting to say aluminium? Um, Because it's the proper way to say it. (laughs) 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 Um, But they're, like, really lightweight, and I think they're kind of fragile, but they also don't have that much room for, like, thick stock. And the material you're, like, you're going to cut with a die, and the press you're using determines, like, the height of the steel rule that you'll need. Um, So, Typically, when you place an order for any type of die, or if this is your first time with a new vendor, they'll ask for the caliper or thickness of the paper, as well as the details of your press. So like, our presses run on type high, which is 0.918. Um, and that's, you know, the height at which the platen meets your form, which in this case is a die. And there are other heights you can get them at, like uh, I have an AccuCut. And so that is actually 0.924. So it's actually higher than type high. So your base will be a little bit higher or your steel rule will be a little bit taller. Um, so yeah, that's important information to have is like, you know, if you tell them you're operating on a letterpress, they're probably going to know immediately that you want it type high, but type high 918 is is the number you're looking for there. And then the thickness of paper. So like with those little dies I can get at the craft store. I could probably only fit a thin piece of paper in that like without leaving an impression from the edge of the thing. Whereas like on a regular die, I cut 220 pound paper, no problem. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Big difference depending on what you're going to be cutting and how you're using, like what machine you're using to cut these because you can't really die cut by hand as far as as I'm aware of. I mean, I suppose you could like press something on top of it, but I mean, I
0: guess if you're using something that's, like, similar to a hole punch, like, you know, Mm -hmm. how you could get those, Mm -hmm. like, things that, like, punch out the small shapes. But, yeah, yeah, if you're doing, like, anything bigger than probably, like, a two-inch circle, like, you're going to need some sort of machine to make sure you're getting the even impression. In fact, I've bought so many of those two-inch circle, like, hand cuts, and they never freaking work. Or they, like, craft the bed right away
1: well or i think i think the problem with a lot of those like hole punch things at least for me is like I always expect them to work the same on every type of paper that I use. <laughs> like, uh, they're made like, for like scrapbook paper. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, 110 pound cotton, this will be no problem. <laughs> like, I expect them to work like on every paper and they, yeah. they're not meant for that. Like, we'll I'm put like, the disclaimer about- in now yeah. that like
0: <laughs> cotton paper is such a turd with like some of the alternative Everything. methods that we're going to mention. Yeah. Like, unless you have a really sharp, die and you have something that's going to apply really even even pressure. and and heavy pressure yeah. then cotton papers are just such a pain in the butt to cut because the edges are so
1: soft and like they fray so easily. Yeah, for sure. And so dyes can also like cut and score uh surfaces. So you could use I have uh what's known as scoring rules, so it's basically mm-hmm. the flat metal and then you just put it in your chase with furniture lock it up and then you can, I can, I can score on the press. Um, and you just have to make sure, uh, let's add this in real quick. If you're using a die or scoring rule or anything other than a printing form on your press, make sure you remove or lock up your rollers. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like, let's. We're going to say that a thousand times just to make sure. But um, yeah, so you can also get dies that do both cutting and scoring in the same process. So like if you want to, for example, like you want to die cut, an a2 size card and you also want it to score in the middle your die maker can actually make a die that does both things all at once um because the pressure that you'll need is the same it's just the finish of the steel rule that determines whether it's going to cut all the way through the paper or if it's just going to leave an impression on it so yeah
0: although what's funny is i ordered my dies and i did tell them that my press is a little bit lower than type high Mm -hmm. Um, so came out really well. But for my scoring rule, when I put it on and just my die jacket and no packing on the paper, at the very bottom edge of my card, the scoring rule cuts through the paper because the scoring rule is type high and Gordy's just not.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. I
0: actually have to get like a custom one probably. Or honestly, if I don't order my cards pre-scored, I just score them by hand. It's not that big of a pain, but
1: yeah. I mean, if you're doing large productions, it makes sense to score them like for holiday season. I'm absolutely going to be scoring just a giant batch of all my cards on the press because it'll be it'll save me a lot of time because like even on our even on our platen presses, we could do like three to four hundred an hour. So like, yeah, I can get all those four hundred cards done in an hour, really with minor physical labor, whereas scoring them all by hands is going to make my hand hurt for sure. Um, yeah, but
0: I. I feel like I always just order my cards pre-scored just because, like, I didn't have the scoring rule before. Yeah. And now I know it cuts through my paper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> LOL. Yeah, that's good to know. You'll just have to send all your all your, uh, pre-cut cards to me and I'll score them for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay, so how does it work, Jillian? Tell us.
0: Okay, so I think it might be obvious, but you take a die. And you press it firmly and evenly against the surface of the material that's meant to be cut and it is going to cut or score as Mariah mentioned.
1: Um, I think like the easiest visual for this is a freaking cookie cutter. Yeah. You just like yeah. put
0: push it down. Yeah. And it's yeah. cut. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Dies are just like cookie cutters.
1: They're yeah, they're just made yeah. of a different type of metal.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this can be achieved with a flatbed or a rotary press. So it kind of took my brain like a minute to wrap around like what's the difference because I wanted to like put samples of each. And for some reason, like my brain wanted to say that the AccuCut was the rotary because it has
1: the rolling thing. You turn the, yeah, you turn the roller thing. Yeah.
0: But it's not. It's obviously a flatbed. So a a good flatbed sample is an AccuCut. And actually, um, I don't think it would fall under the category of flatbed, but in the same type of dies are used on platinum presses. So yeah. rotary presses are actual, like the dies are on the cylinder and a web or roll of material is fed through. And this is often done when like things have to be printed and cut. So you think of like cereal boxes and – other packaging stuff, like just a big web of this cardstock is being fed through these machines that have a bazillion rollers in them and on a big cylinder is gonna be a die that will cut and score. And sometimes at the end of those presses I feel like they can even like start Glue to do and some fold. of the rudimentary yeah. folding, yeah. But
1: um, I would also say that like a rotary press is like one, your large industrial type of presses that are die cutting things. This is what they're going to use. But also, I bet that anything that's rigid, like cardboard, um, like boxes that are die cut, things like that that need to make, like stay flat, it's probably going to be like applicable to those products too. You know, like anything bigger than you can fit on a regular press, really. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah, hundred percent. So like, the primary difference is that rotary die cutting. Um, is faster but more expensive because the tools are more expensive. So um, flatbed, like when Mariah's putting things through the AccuCut, even if it's the the dies are you know four up, so she could cut four at a time, she still has to like put a piece of paper down, roll it through, <clears throat> take it out, yeah. put another piece of paper down, then roll it back through. And whereas like a rotary press could probably have done like. 30 to 50
1: in the amount of time that you've done eight. Yeah. I think also like important to note is that the registration process for these different types of presses and, you know, equipment is different. So like if I took a die and I used on my AccuCut, um, I would either like have to jig up my own registration or it would have to be something that doesn't require registration. Whereas in your press, you can register it just like you would register a print. So it could be accurate every time. So like if you're cutting after printing something, the AccuCut's not ideal. Um, you'd be better off putting that die in your press. Um, And if you are a platen press owner or even a flatbed press, any kind of, if you own a printing press, (laughs) LOL, you're probably like going to be pleasantly surprised with how easy it is to set it up to die cut. Um, Mm -hmm. but you are going to be limited by the size of your chase. So if you have an eight by 12 Chandler in price and you have a die for like an A9 envelope, it's probably going to be bigger than you can actually fit in your press. Yeah. So that's something to think about too. I would
0: say your cutting area is very similar to your printing area. Like you may have a little bit more leniency, but if you want to get like really good cuts, I wouldn't extend too far beyond, like, what your – the base that you – the average base that you use.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So some considerations for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: The AccuCut is really handy for large cuts, like, envelopes and stuff that have, like, overall patterns or solid color papers, like – I think having a tool like that in your shop is almost invaluable because it allows you a lot more flexibility without having to bring in a much larger press. For sure, if you're,
1: you know, confined to space, it takes up barely any space. Relatively, yeah, yeah <laughs> compared exactly. to our presses. But yeah, I the AccuCut was a great. I also got mine secondhand for very inexpensive, so it's like it was a no brainer for me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, okay, so if you have a press and you want to set it up to start die cutting, if you are definitely going to need a die jacket to protect the actual platen of your press. Um, But other than some furniture and some coins to lock in that die, that's pretty much all the equipment you'll need, right? I mean, yeah. Um,
0: So the process that I've done that's worked really well for me after putting on my die jacket, I kind of started with no packing at all it was just the die jacket and that was it if you're gonna put packing you you'll want to put it underneath your die jacket and for that you can even use like a piece of spring steel that you could pick up at like a hardware store or whatever just make sure that it's fastened on well and it's not going to move around because if your jacket's moving around, then that's going to mess up your registration because you're likely going to be putting your foam guide directly on top of um, your jacket. Anywho, um, so I started with nothing and then I put a single sheet of text weight paper on top and tested to see like how that was cutting. I recommend doing that if this is the first time using a die on your press just to make sure that your actual platen is isn't adjusted so much that you're going to do damage I would go slow and give it a test some people's platens are very well adjusted to the point where they almost need no packing like ever um, to do printing and if that's the case on your press then that actually might be a little too intense for the die cutting process because once you add in the thickets of the yeah. jacket yeah yeah could be a problem and you just don't want them slamming so much I mean really what's gonna happen is you're just gonna beat the crap out of your die and then it you're gonna spend like whatever 125 to 150 dollars on a die and get like a One very run small run, yeah very small
1: run or, out of it And slash or you're going to get really fuzzy edges or corners that don't cut all the way, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So like start
0: out slow. You don't even have to start with like your good cardstock. Just use like text weight paper. And then what I actually did is I sort of like built up and like I just kept building up the packing until it was cutting through my piece of printer paper. And then I put on the cardstock that I wanted to cut and it was flipping perfect. Like I got like a really nice clean cut through it all chef's kiss (laughs) because i think if you start the other way around if you start with the thicker paper there's going to be so much more trial and error because the end goal is to get to the bottom
1: yeah you have to get to that jacket so it doesn't matter how thick it is yeah
0: it doesn't matter where the top is you're trying to get to the bottom so like it just goes a lot quicker if you're using a thinner sheet of paper yeah. Um, And that worked really, really well for me. And I was able to, this might be lazy, but I was able to die cut and then I actually left my entire setup the way it was and like swapped out my die or my, yeah, my die for my base and then set up the printing. And I even just left the die jacket on. I just took a little bit of the packing out of the back. Yeah. so. It is pretty quick to change around. Easy peasy. We love it. Easy peasy.
1: So, there are also some other, even more modern tools aside from presses and things to die cut. And we're pretty much all like household familiar with them at this point, or at least the first one, um, which is uh, the rotating drag knife. And we all know our silhouettes, our cameos, and our crickets. (laughs) Um, those are all exactly what we're talking about here. So that is a little tiny exacto knife in a little tiny device that rotates depending on the direction it's cutting. Um, and they can be found in many forms, but in like, not only, those are all household ones that, you know, used for crafters and things like that. There are professional grade ones that are big and can do a larger area, more like tight turns, sharper blades, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of option number two is rotating drag knife.
0: Yeah. The one thing I will caution about that is I have a lot of experience with cutting cotton papers on my Cricut and it's an art form in and of itself to get that you really like. If you have someone local who has like a more industrial one, they can cut it and it'll come out really, really clean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I think that, you know, myself, as I mentioned with the little hole punchy things, it's like, you have to remember that a lot of these like crafting tools are not meant for our stationary paper, Um, for like fine art papers for stationary, like, you know, heavyweight, super thick, or really soft materials like cotton paper. Um, Some of them, they just aren't built for that. So you can obviously do trial and error, like figure out the right settings to make that work for yourself. But you have to just, I think, remember, like, They're built for like scrapbook paper. They're built for like standard printable cardstock in your home printer. They're built for, you know, those things. So um, it may take some trial and error to get like 110 pound cotton working well, but it is doable. It's been done. Um, And I think that you did an experiment where you cut them on your Cricut and then you cut them like die cut them with a steel rule die. And did you find that the edges were like more crisp, more clean cut on the steel rule die?
0: yeah for sure. So you could tell that there was different characteristics. So in general, disclaimer, blades don't like soft paper. like they just don't. Yeah. There's not enough resistance there to create a nice shear. So when you're die cutting on like a press, that like it pushes in the paper and then like the cutting point is when it's like absolutely squeezed. So you get this like pillowy edge mm-hmm. around your your cut on one side and then if you flip it over it's like a very crisp corner on the other yeah. side so you could clearly tell like what's the front and what's the back and so you almost need if you're gonna die cut you need to be intentional about how you want that end product to look and like what way are you or- orienting your die if you're doing an invitation that has a shape that's not a mirror image of itself. Then you need to think about like what edge do you want to be the top, like probably the pillowed edge. So then totally. you would want to mirror your die. Yeah. Basically, if that makes any sense, that probably confuse everyone. But basically, so that was the one thing I noticed about the die cutting. And then for using my Cricut, if the blade is super, super sharp and I'm using 110 pound, it's almost like a good corner angle on both sides. For the 220 pound, um, it just looks a little frayed on one edge. Like one edge is going to look sharp and the other edge is going to look frayed, but you could easily go around with a pair of scissors and like trim that down. So it's a lot more manual labor to make it look nice, but it's doable. And it yeah. all depends. So the biggest thing with the the drag knives is it's not really just about the sharpness of your blade, but it's also about like the torque pressure Of the machine itself. So the crickets and the silhouettes and the cameos, like different models, you could compare. They all kind of have the same power and pressure. Obviously, like the newer machines are going to have better power and pressure than the older machines. But like nothing's going to compare to like an industrial freaking CNC that's basically just been – adjusted to have a exacto yeah. knife in it instead of exactly. like a router bit. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, the other option out there in the world is the laser cutter. And I think we've seen a lot of people doing, you know, really cool things with the glow We know a few of them Our our episode uh, with Kara Joe, We talk a little about some of those cool things that she's creating Um, but yeah, like, so laser cutting and I think like rotating drag knife, like these are the, the quote unquote digital die cutting options, right? Like, because they take, they go straight from your computer to the die cutting process. There's no like equipment per se, like for that individual cut. Um, so a lot of like the cost of entry is really different than traditional die cutting. Mm -hmm. Um, so lead time is very different. Lead time is way different. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of considerations. It can be less expensive, like, per piece if you're doing smaller quantities. Um, Not necessarily with laser cutting, I guess, but whatever. Uh, Generally, I would say digital die cutting is going to be less expensive, like, if you're doing a small quantity. Whereas, like, if you're doing a larger quantity or if it's a shape you might want to use again, like, it's worth that initial investment of, you know, $100 to $150. Maybe more, depending on how complex, but to get that, like, actual physical die made. Um, yeah so yeah
0: yeah digital is really great too for like testing out shapes and samples so I have a client who always does these really fun like shaped envelope liners so the edges aren't just straight she always has like a little shape to them and the first few times we I just cut them on the Cricut because there weren't going to be that many and we weren't really sure if she would reuse that design. And now we've decided like <clears> it's a design that she likes. It's something she would reorder again. So it obviously makes sense to now invest in a die and like keep it on hand because yeah. it'll also be so much quicker. Yeah. The one thing about laser – so laser cutting is really popular especially with like the very, very traditional gatefold – with the intricate sort of designs, intricate details yes. like those are typically laser cut and you'll see like especially if you look at reviews and stuff online you might see some people complaining about like some scarring and burning on burning. the edges
1: yeah
0: it's almost it's not impossible to not get it you just have to really fine tune everything that's going on to be able to not get the burning, but it is almost impossible. Like Especially you're gonna in lighter have stocks, them. and yes.
1: yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's just um, the nature.
0: Like that's the laser is literally burning the paper away. Like that's yeah, what's it's happening. Burning a whole Yeah, it's it hazard of the job, if you will. <laughs> exactly. If you're laser cutting a solid surface, it's so easy to just put a layer of masking on there. But you can't really put a layer of masking on paper, paper because then when you go and peel it away, it's gonna, you know, Ruid mess your up. Paper. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that is the one downfall of laser cutting paper is that you are gonna get some burns, and I, th- I think only like rigid card stocks
1: can be laser cut. That so makes like, because it blows yeah. around in there otherwise, right? Like you'd have to weight it down or something.
0: Yeah. Well, the lasers have. Um, like, a vacuum cell at the bottom, so, like, the base of it's honeycomb, but the problem is um, I think other papers are just going to catch on fire. Like, they have to, like, I think the cotton papers would probably catch on fire, but, like, you could easily laser cut, like, a cardstock.
1: Yeah, metallic cardstock for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. so, like, laser cutting, I think, is, like, really only applicable to specific cardstocks and really intricate designs. Um, and then obviously for things like acrylic and wood and leather like that's where laser cutting really kind of comes into play and then you know rotating drag knife cutting whether it be your cricket or an industrial level version you know that's for like your custom envelopes your you know custom card shapes that kind of thing and then traditional die cutting like it applies to all of those things I would say that it's going to be very expensive to get like an intricate lace design in a physical die it's going to be super expensive to do that oh yeah and like your die maker may not be able to do certain sizes like corners certain degree corners that kind of thing so there are some limitations with each kind of die cutting but they all have their place and their their purpose if you will
0: yeah there's always a limit on the radius that they can achieve um so, typically, the way that your shapes are made when a die is being created is this single piece of steel roll is just being bent. And they have, like, some places have <clears throat> machines that do it. And it's so satisfying to watch because the motors on it are all just calculated to just like move the roll through enough and yeah. then bend it to the precise degree it needs to be so that at the end it's the final shape. But for the most part, a lot of dies are made by hand. It's like a That's very, crazy. it's still a very manual, like art form. And if a tight corner is needed, you do have the option of cutting the rule and then like basically mitering uh, two corners together. But for the most part, they try to keep keep it continuous. And if I'm not mistaken, your dies are usually charged based on the length of rule that is used. Yeah. In your design. Not the number of turns. Exactly. And there's a certain amount where like if your design needed up to, I forget exactly what it is, but let's say it's like 300 inches or something. I don't think that's what it is, but let's say it's 300 inches. Um, There's actually not enough pressure in like standard presses to actually then cut it. So like the, it's just like when you have Letterpress artwork. If you have one word. Yeah. Yeah. If you have one word and a lot of white space, you actually don't need a lot of packing to bite that one word into the paper. But if you've got like a big florally bouquet that borders the entire thing, you will be damned to get that whole thing bitten into the paper. very similar with it yeah exactly exactly it's very similar with dies which is why all those like super traditional intricate lacy gate folds and all of that stuff have been done with laser cuts because you wouldn't be able to do that with like a standard steel die totally love it love it love die cutting (laughs) and now that it's Super trendy. Everyone's doing all the wavy edges, like so
1: many wavy edges. You know what?
0: I'm I'm actually really excited because I think I was only about three or four months into designing stationery for like wedding clients, yeah, regularly, and was like, I'm friggin' bored of rectangles, man. Like I'm so over a rectangle. I'm so over a ninety degree corner. Like I need some more shapes in my life. But I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of the arch because I feel like, if not paired properly,
1: it looks like a tombstone. You know, I think it's so funny that people say that. I would never associate it with a tombstone. I associate it with like architecture. See,
0: but I'm an architect. I'm a true. Like, I know. A, I know. That's why, why I think it's so funny. <laughs> it, didn't, it never once was like. And I worked with a lot of like archways and stuff because like that was really trendy in California design too. But I think it's because of the names specifically. Like if you have two big, bold names at like the upper portion of the arch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It just looks like – that's why I'm saying it all depends on the design you pair with it. That makes sense. Yeah. The design has to – not make it look like a tombstone
1: yeah that that is valid i totally understand that that makes sense yeah, yeah like <laughs> now i'm just picturing like gray cardstock with like black names just like you know somebody's done mr that. and you... Mrs. <laughs> 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 and then the date below it you know like <laughs> yeah or it's oh, like Lordy.
0: yeah or it's like the guys like first name sounds kind of like a last name <laughs>
1: like, yeah russell george <laughs> george russell
0: <laughs> everything comes back to formula One.
1: Oh my god i'm so annoying
0: yeah that's actually
1: <laughs> really funny i've never thought of it that way but um yeah the arches have been so freaking popular this year it's wild
0: yeah so i'm excited that a new shape has hit the market and i'll be excited for whatever <clears throat> shape comes next because i feel like the further we get away from rectangles the happier i'll be
1: i don't think i don't think that like I think we're gonna see so much more die cutting in the next couple of years, like I think the trends are just gonna keep getting more and more complex, <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. that's what we love, right? like
0: a hundred percent yeah, that's what we're here for,
1: yeah, I also if- think, okay, final note on the subject of the arches slash tombstones i <laughs> I think that the way I think that the way you stack other shapes with it can be super cool, Yes. like. I love when it's like a rectangle and an arch and then a circle or, you know, whatever, like a, or like a a quarter arch. Like those are always, I love seeing how people use shapes creatively like that. Like combining them with other shapes is always really fun.
0: Yeah. A hundred (laughs) percent. I had (laughs) once upon a time designed like a suite where like it had a little fold and then the arch card on the inside looked like the sun. And then, like, yeah. the folds kind of looked like mountains going over. Yeah. But, like, but technically when you opened it up, it would just be an arched card. Yeah. Um. So, yes, I agree. That paired well with other layers. <laughs> Great. I'm literally yeah. looking around and every single window in the houses next to me, including mine, are all arches. So... <laughs> I could have thought of many things, but I'm telling you it's the names, it's the yeah. size and placement of the names that are freaking dangerous. Don't tombstone your clients.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's I think a great yeah, tip of the day. <laughs> Don't uh, tombstone your clients. Fair enough.
0: All right. Well, that's a short and sweet episode. Yeah. Should we get on to our favorite segment? Yes, we should. It's time for the 12 weeks of Printmas!
1: Yay, Printmas! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so by now our listeners are all probably aware that we're doing a fun giveaway each week of the season. And so far, we've had you share your favorite episodes and vote for a shirt design. Now we want you to send your best recommendations for who you'd like to join us as a guest on the podcast. You can email us or drop us a line on Instagram. Our email is
0: hello at hotoffthepresspodcast.com. And over on Instagram, we're at hotoffthepresspod. And we will also include a link in our show notes where you can submit your suggestions. These suggestions can be your favorite vendor, a printer who you really admire, or can even be yourself if you have a fun story to share. We always love hearing from you guys and sharing your stories. And everyone who sends us a recommendation is going to be entered to win a fun and relevant sample pack of die cut gift tags. Mariah, since you'll be making these, tell
1: us about them. Yeah, so I'm thinking like some circles, some rectangles, some fun shapes that I have. Um, I've got a few Christmassy ones like uh, sitting in my little uh, shop. So I think we'll just do a little mix and have a variety, you know, dozen or so of each one and some different card stocks to play around with. So, um, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, you can use these, like these blank beauties will be ready for you to like print on. If you're going to print some gift tags or want to put your logo on them for your client packages, uh, you could put calligraphy on them or even just a handwritten to or from, uh, for the holiday season, uh, use them however you like, but I think it'll be kind of fun to have some variety to play with. So that's the yeah. name of the game.
0: I'm excited that you're also including like different card stocks too, because this is for our winner. It's such a good opportunity to like test letter pressing on different card stocks. Totally. So like if you have like a small logo of yours, throw it up on your press and then run a few of these cards through. And then now you have something really cute that you could put on like holiday gifts for your clients or put in some of your holiday marketing Or any of that stuff. So um, there's nothing better than having free samples
1: to work on. Yeah. And making your client packaging cute is always fun. So
0: (laughs) yay. Yay. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to hear your recommendations. And we hope that if you haven't tried die cutting on your press, that this episode has been a little helpful and will encourage you to do so, especially with the holidays coming up. It's such a good time to try out die cutting. You can do tags. You could do two up for your tags since they're small so yeah get get more going at the same time um you could do like fun shapes for holiday cards you could do just cutouts so like a five by seven and then you just cut out the center of it stick a photo on the back of that baby and now you've got a cute like letterpress cutout thing oh man my brain is just swimming with ideas so i hope yours is too we love you guys for being here thank you so much and Talk we'll be to you
1: back soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>